0: He's seen Henderson face to face with the Bernardino. Henderson! Oh wow!
1: Lift the anfield roof! Company's error, yes! But what a goal from Jordan Henderson!
0: What is Manchester City?
1: Salah! Oh wow!
2: And a half from Salah And Liverpool are dreaming. Lampard takes it towards Terry.
0: John Terry for Chelsea. Babel. not do too much of Ryan Babel tonight. Taking on Sergio Ramos. It's a good cross. Gerrard It. Torres almost found there. It. It's come for Cow.
2: It's Torres! Lift off from Liverpool! Fernando Torres gives them
3: the lead on the
2: night. You're listening to the Sports Fathers podcast, Carabao Cup special, on Spotify and Apple Music.
0: Hello and welcome to the brand new podcast, the Sports Fathers Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about everything football and sport related over the next coming couple of years, hopefully, with our uh, university. Uh, Today's a big one. Today, well, should I say today, I'm talking about the weekend ahead of us. We have the Carabao Cup final and joining me is four of my very, very silly friends. I'm joined by two Liverpool fans and one Chelsea fan and then a fan that is going to be in the championship next year. I'll start off with uh, Alfie, how are you, mate?
1: Yeah,
4: mate, all good. How are you?
0: Yeah, not bad. Thank you, mate. Alfie is on the Liverpool side, obviously, but you spoke to him last time, but we didn't actually upload the podcast. I'm also joined by Charlie. Charlie, how are you, mate?
5: Yeah, all good. Looking forward to it. I'm also a Liverpool fan, but yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Lots
0: of yeah, there's, there's, there is a lot to talk about today and we will get through it all. Obviously, we have to have a Chelsea fan in here, otherwise the bias uh, would be fully against Chelsea. We're joined by Archie. Archie, how are you, mate? Yeah, mate,
6: quality. Been really looking forward to this one. So, it's yeah, good, mate. thanks for well, having no,
4: me on.
0: No worries at all, obviously. You are part of the, the Sportfibers. And finally, really. we're joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the F1 enthusiast, the Norwich fan, his Arsenal. We're joined by Ben. Ben, how are we, mate?
2: Yeah, I'm not too bad, but I didn't quite appreciate that intro, but um I like the second one more, not the first one where we're playing the championship next year. Let's not let's not write it down too soon.
0: Well, we all know what's gonna happen. <laughs> anyway. So the big weekend ahead of us, we have the Carabao Cup final. We've been playing at Wembley on Sunday afternoon. A big Game for both teams, I would say. This is the eighth League Cup tie between Chelsea and Liverpool with the Blues coming out on top in four of the previous seven, including that final in 2005, which us Liverpool fans will not talk about. Liverpool are looking to win the League Cup for a record ninth time with their last success in the competition coming in 2012 via a penalty shootout over Cardiff City. Uh, This is our 13th final in the competition. At least four more than any other side. If that doesn't tell you something, then I don't know what does. Chelsea are competing in their ninth League Cup final. The Blues have won the competition five times, with only Liverpool and Manchester City winning the trophy more. Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel is set to become the eighth different manager to take charge of an English club in the finals of each of the League Cup, FA Cup and European Cup Champions League and the first to do all three while in charge. Of the Blues. This is the first time the two managers of the same nationality will face each other in the League Cup final since 2012. When Scotty Dalglish, Scotty? were Kenny Dalglish. My apologies. I meant the Scotsman. The Scotsman Kenny Dalglish, and Malky Mackay were in charge in that Cup final in 2012. Boys, I want to start very clearly. Archie, I'll talk to you first. Obviously, you had the first game of the week in Lille. Obviously, the Champions League game, 2-0 win. How do you feel? What's the confidence like going into the game on Sunday?
6: Well, yeah, that's right. And uh, just to start off, I'm really happy to be in the blue corner for this one. Um, but yeah, if we talk about the uh, the Lille game, uh, it, it, it's a lot different to a lot of the games that we've had of late um, in terms of performance. Our form have actually been pretty decent since the turn of the year. We've only... Uh, not one uh in three games at being one loss and two draws. Um so we're actually coming on some pretty decent form in terms of results, but the performances as of late have not been convincing. Uh although against Lille that looked very different and I thought um we were playing with a lot more cohesive Oh, <laughs> we looked a lot more cohesive, fluid, um and it was it was a really good performance. Some, something to us confidence
0: into this game, if anything. Uh, definitely, mate. And obviously, you guys have been uh, injury-struck and along with us, along with Diego Jota and Roberto Firmino, who we have heard today that Firmino will miss out on the final, but Jota is deemed to be fit, according to sources. Whether he'll start or not, we're not sure. Obviously, this is the third final, or major final, between Chelsea and Liverpool, obviously excluding the Super Cup and the Community Shield. Obviously, you guys last beat us in uh, the League Cup final uh, in 2005. How, how do you fancy your chances going forward? Obviously, we'll talk more about, you know, OK, you haven't been on the best front of form recently. Obviously, you've had, you've had a bit of a downer, but going into this game, obviously, Havertz in fighting form. Uh, Pulisic getting a goal during the weekend, uh, during the week, sorry. How, how do you fancy your chances? Well,
1: see, if this was a league game, uh, I'd going with a, a very different
6: approach but it's not it's a final it's at Wembley and Chelsea's form at Wembley is good it's good but you know it's it's definitely tarnished however Liverpool don't have much pedigree in this in this new Wembley uh if I go to the statistics behind it Liverpool have only made five appearances at the new Wembley uh and that's since 2007 um they've only won once there uh in a final and two of those four finals have been in the community shield so obviously it's very different when you compare that to Chelsea I could, I could break it down but you know we'd be here all day talking about
1: the past uh, yeah. uh, sort of 20 years but um,
6: yeah as I say very different to very different approach if it was a league game but I do fancy our chances um, obviously you mentioned Kai Havertz uh, it's a massive boost to us that he's he will probably be starting over Lukaku, um, and uh, the team, you know, has taken some sort of confidence from from obviously winning a final only a couple of weeks ago. So there's momentum, and we, and I'm looking forward to it. another final. You know, I'm getting bored of them now.
0: Yeah, no, um, it must be nice, mate. It must it must be nice, and obviously. To talk down the Liverpool is a—it's uh, quite a uh, a painful thing to say, but nonetheless, obviously, opinions are opinions. Uh, we spoke about Kai Havertz recently. There, Kai Havertz won't admit it, but Lukaku has recently not been in great form. Obviously, over the weekend, only seven touches in a ninety-minute match of football—the worst stat ever from uh, attacking forward. Naturally, there have been moments Havertz has had. His moments, obviously, his penalty against Pelaramus, uh earlier this month. He also found the net in the 1-0 draw at Liverpool and opened the scoring against Tottenham in the first leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final. Archie, obviously, we talk a lot about Havertz. Obviously, Ziyech and Kovacic both injured on Tuesday. Obviously, we've now heard that they will be back in the side, whether they will be starting or not. How do you think that will affect your chances, if anything? And do you think they're both big misses? Obviously, Kante was... Remarkable Tuesday. I don't know if you agree with me. I don't know if any of the boys in the pod agree with me. I thought uh, Kante was unreal during the week. I mean, what's your, what's your opinion on that?
6: Well, yeah, of course. I mean, Kante on the Champions League night is beginning to uh, to build some sort of legacy there. <laughs> but no, I mean, Kante. And I, I was saying... Uh, or I was thinking, uh, if Chelsea are going to come away with a win against Liverpool, or even if they don't, I feel like it's important for Chelsea to win the midfield battle in this game. Um, obviously, Chelsea's forwards do not have the experience or cohesivity. Oh, my God, I keep saying that. <laughs> That's wrong. Um, that, they're nowhere near as cohesive as, as Liverpool ones or experience. Um So, you know, as we've seen in, in past victories between Liverpool and Chelsea... Chelsea will probably win that midfield battle. The midfield is simply better, and uh, with Kovacic being fit, he he's a massive boost as well. So I don't have any doubts about that. However, when it comes to this game, I think that um, where Chelsea could slip up is how many chances we'll need to score because with Liverpool, as we've seen, uh, even if we even if we do win the midfield battle, even if we dominate possession, Liverpool only need one chance and they'll score it. And if Liverpool are going to win, then I think it's going to be uh, because of that. Um, One thing I'd say is that I feel that the front three sort of picks itself after seeing it against Lille. Um, So much energy, so fluid. Um, It's not perfect, but it's unexperienced. uh, So it's hard to expect that. Um, One thing that I'm happy about is I don't think Lukaku will start. and And I think that's the correct decision. He has been in terrible form. Um, obviously, he scored. He scored in both games in in Abu Dhabi, but um, you know when when we compare it to his form against Premier League sides or, or any sides with some, you know, some. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I've completely blanked there. No, but as I was saying, Lukaku, he, he's not been in great form, and and he's actually he makes the team worse, or he makes the the, the attack worse when he plays. We saw that with Kai Havertz, not only with his goal, but the way that he links the play, the energy that he brings. is so much more positive. And uh, against Liverpool, it's a no-brain. It has to happen.
0: Yeah, no, talking about those front three, Ziyech, Havertz and Pulisic pulling the strings over the week, obviously, and can, uh, Kante driving forward. Boys, I want to open the floor to everyone here. I was researching, obviously, earlier, uh obviously doing the pod and i was looking through the athletic i was looking through the comments obviously after games the journalists open their comment sections and someone from ashley he put "Angola kante deserves far far more recognition it's an indictment to simply laud his physical attributes he's quite simply is not just someone that covers every blade of the grass or does the dirty work he is not just fast or hard working he is an incredible talent tactically aware selfless clutch and highly skilled elite footballer forget the obvious disparity in goal scoring he deserves to be held in the same conversations as Thierry Henry Steven Gerrard and many others as the most complete footballer that have played on these shores we are extremely lucky we get to see him play for our club now boys obviously that is a very bold statement from a Chelsea fan and obviously I completely understand I'm not going to go straight to Archie I want to talk to Ben obviously Ben you are in neutral this week you won't get as much time as anyone else. Charlie, I've seen that you also want to say something on this, which we will get to after Ben. Ben, Angola can say, do you think he's one of the best players to ever touch this shore? Do you think he's overrated? Do you think he's underrated? What's your opinion on him? And whatever opinion you have on him, do you think he'll make a difference on Sunday?
2: Yeah, I think it's stupid for for anyone to suggest that he wouldn't. Um, I think he is a com- complete all-round player. He's brilliant, and I think, as Arch was saying and alluded to earlier, about how amazing he can be on a Champions League night. He he will make the difference in the big games, and you know, obviously having a connection to Arsenal as well in in that two thousand sixteen window when when Arthur decided to go with Granite Jacker and pay five million pounds more for him than getting going. They can't say from Leicester, you know, it's probably one of the worst decisions that you know Arthur Wenger made towards the end of his career. Um, you know, a player like him will always will always be. The difference and I don't think it's too far maybe saying that he is one of the best players, definitely over the last, you know since he's been in the Premier League, he has been one of the best players, you know and I think sometimes on Twitter people can go you know, within a space of a few months someone can go from underrated to overrated or vice versa and I think the problem is with Kante, you, you praise him up and then people say he's too too hyped up and then you don't do it enough and suddenly he's not not good enough but Yeah, 100%. He he can make the difference in them games. I think it sometimes depends on who he's got playing next to him. And I think, you know, if Kovacic is fit, then I think he's a massive... Them two in midfield is massive and obviously Liverpool have to try and break that down on, on Sunday.
0: Definitely. Obviously, Archie, you also alluded to that you definitely think that you'll be winning the midfield battle. I personally disagree with that slightly. I feel like we are strength to strength in midfield, obviously, with Fabinho and Thiago and obviously whoever else we decide... We did have this discussion today. We do believe that it's going to be Henderson that will play alongside those two. Charlie, obviously, you wanted to say something on that, mate. Obviously, do you want to touch on, on, on that? Obviously, I saw that you wanted to say something about that.
5: Kante, he's just... I, I, I can't get my head around how good he is. He always performs against us, especially. Like, the league twice this season. I'm, I'm scared. See, he is the quite literally Mr Champions League in midfield. I think last season, he dropped one of the match performances back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Real Madrid home and away, and there was a thing it was game before that. But he's just brilliant, and I I completely agree with the statement that the, in the comment section because there's something about him that I haven't seen in a long time in a midfielder. He's consistent. All right, he's getting on a bit now with his injuries and whatnot. But him and Kovacic, they scare me. They're the only real Chelsea players alongside Thiago Silva that scare me for this Sunday. So he's he's bloody brilliant, bloody brilliant and I'm quite, quite scared
0: You've brought up a player there Charlie that I did want to touch on as well Thiago Silva the man that they brought in on free in the summer from PSG Archie from your opinion I'll ask you first before I ask anyone else 37 years of age the man has been there done that, won trophies everywhere he goes how vital has he been to your success this year so far in, in the, the Club World Cup, in in, in the Carabao Cup, in, in the league as well. Obviously, I know you are slightly running out of the title race. Obviously, that's that's to no thought of your own. All top three teams have been remarkable this year. Obviously, take nothing away from you guys, take nothing away from City. It's been an amazing season so far. How much has Thiago Silva sort of solidified you at the back? And do you feel that's something that you needed, obviously, with the departure of David Luiz and another centre-halves?
6: Yeah, listen... Uh... There's a, there's a word that goes around on Twitter or, or, a, or a name that they give Thiago Silva uh, that I think sum, sums him up perfectly and, it, and it's a Rolls-Royce defender uh, and that's exactly what he is. Um, look, it, it, was, it was a gamble. It was a risk to bring him in uh, even, even with no transfer fee but the, at the age of 37, is it going to work in the Premier League? But personally, the quality that he has as a centre-back uh, I have not seen from Chelsea or really in the Premier League I mean we, we the Premier League have had some exceptional centre-backs but I think Thiago Silva in terms of the, the quality that he has he fits into the, um he fits straight into those categories as one of as one of the best in the league um, and he is phenomenal I haven't seen a centre-back like him since John Terry and I think God I imagine that centre-back pairing but uh He's been extremely vital, not only on the pitch but off it because of the, uh, the experience that he brings. Um, but he's also a great role model in, in the sense where, you know, with Chelsea having a lot of young players, I think they can look at him and see how he trains, um, the attitude that he has. I think in the Champions League run as well, he's an experienced player and, and that's so important to have in the dressing room. Um, no, he's phenomenal. And I and I think um the leadership skills that he brings, um, and then also leading by example as well. He's just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I I, I can't disagree with that. But there's obviously one man that we have to talk about. Obviously, if we're gonna talk about defenders, we have to talk about man Martin himself, Virgil van Dyke. Alfie, you've recently changed your profile picture on Twitter to Virgil van Dyke. How important is he in this game and In comparison to Thiago Silva, how do you feel it's going to pan out?
4: Yeah, well, just to start on Thiago Silva, I think he's got to go down as arguably one of the best free transfers the Premier League has ever seen, I think. His quality is undeniably unbelievable. He's won countless, countless trophies. I just think he's an unbelievable player. He sometimes lacks a little bit of pace, but obviously at 37, 38, however old he is, can't really expect much more. I think his tactical awareness of the game is unbelievable. And like Charlie said, he is one player on Sunday that could, I think, almost single-handedly win the game for Chelsea because not only defensively is he incredible, but also he scores quite a few goals as well from set pieces. So I think Thiago Silva will definitely be a key role on Sunday. But for me, I know Archie said he's one of the best in the league, but I think the man he's up against on Sunday, I think, is... Not just the best in the league, but I would actually say he's the best centre-back I've ever actually seen play football. And I know Liverpool fans are often called deluded. And if any player plays well and they say he's great, then oh, they're overhyping him or whatever. But I think the quality Van Dijk has, he not only defensively in 1v1 situations, we've started seeing attackers genuinely like attempt different things instead of actually going at Van Dijk. Defensively, he is physically an absolute monster. His pace is ridiculous. For a six-foot-four unit, he's honestly outrageous. The thing I think back to is uh, Inter Milan last week. You've got Lautaro Martinez with Edin Dzeko to his left. Almost two-on-one against Van Dijk. And Martinez ended up turning around, not even fancying the one-on-one duel. I think he genuinely has this aura about him that Attackers don't even believe that they can get past him himself, which is obviously a fantastic thing to have as a centre-back.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I totally agree with that. I was just looking at stats for both players. Gents, obviously, as we progress into the modern football as such, obviously, I say it like that as I put it in
3: uh, in uh, in marks,
0: obviously. I just want to open it again to the floor. I want to, I want to involve everyone here. Two centre-halves, Probably the best center half in the league right now. Arguably some of the best centre-halves in the world right now. Both have a, a pass completion of 89% over the year. Thiago Silva playing 33 matches. Van Dijk playing 35. 89% pass completion. Obviously, I want to open it to four. How good is it for a centre-half nowadays to be able to have the range, the short pass, the long pass... And how does it open up the game, obviously, Alfie? I'll go to you first. How do you feel that opens up the game and and why is that so crucial for the teams getting goals?
4: Yeah, of course. Obviously, everyone knows these days modern football is you get the ball from a goal kick and you used to see defenders run up to the halfway line, pump the ball up. We're hoping for a big striker to win it, but it's just not how football is these days. Obviously, playing out from the back is is one of the key things. Um, Passing, obviously... The awareness and the composure of the two we mentioned earlier, Thiago Silva and Van Dijk, I've never seen two players be more cut on the ball with high-quality, high-speed attackers pressing them. I think one thing with Van Dijk is he has that ability to knock the ball 30, 40, 50 yards even to uh, open up defences because often with Liverpool, when they play against a low-line low defensive block, that ability to just knock on over the top for the likes of Mane or Salah or Luis Diaz now, of course. I just think it's a skill that you can't really buy, almost.
3: No, definitely. I I totally agree. Ben, obviously, Norwich fan. Not much joy this year.
0: Do you ever think your strikers were going to get past Van Dijk and and, and Thiago Silva on the one-on-one situation? Obviously, I know you go on about the goal that you scored against us on, on the weekend. Yeah, very nice deflection. I'm sure you're, you're really, really happy with that. How do you feel as if the, the smaller teams in the league, do you think they, they stand a chance? Not just because of how good they are, but because of the confidence. You know, someone like Pookie, do you feel like he has the confidence to go and beat a player? Do you, how, how do you feel as if the, the lower teams in the league compare to these type of centre-halves?
2: Well, uh, funnily enough, Con, I was literally just watching back um, the couple of chances that we did have at Anfield um, when Milo Rashid uh one just allowed two minutes in and Perky slipped one past the past the post, quarter of an hour in. And um, they were both, you know, errors which didn't lead from either of the two centre backs. They were one was a breakdown from a, a, a free kick and one was Joe Gomez being pulled in off the, off the right hand side. And even for the for the goal, you know, when which Norwich did score the deflection. Josh Sargent takes the ball down, and and, and Mata, you know, jockeys him away from goal. And it's just a it's a lucky deflection. But um, I think just to say what Alfie, Alfie was saying about how good Virgil van Dijk is passing that ball thirty yards, thirty four yards forward. And I saw the goal again the other day, and it was um, I think it was your second leg um, the year you won the Champions League again at, at Bayern Munich when he when he put that four, must have been an unbelievable 40-50 yard pass through to. To Mane, who who took it so well, and that is just when I think of Virgil Van Dijk, that's exactly what I think of. You know, I don't think it's even a, a debate anymore that he is just by by far the best centre back in the world, and Thiago Silva is definitely up there as well. And you know, games this season like Tottenham away for Chelsea, he was he was so pivotal. And um, yeah, to answer your question, I just don't think that you know someone like you know a, a lot of the a lot of the smaller sides in this league will not have a chance again against them them boys. So I think it's always good to see them get matched, matched up against each other in a cup final or a league game like they're going gonna, gonna find to out, find out on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and obviously all eyes are on Sunday afternoon. Moving on slowly, obviously, Archie, thank you very much for the Chelsea side of it. We're going to move swiftly on, as quick as I possibly can, away from Chelsea. Going to talk about Liverpool, obviously, last night, the 6-0 thrashing of Leeds at Anfield Charlie I'll start with you first 23 shots 15 on target expected goals of 4.37 46 touches in the penalty area compared to Leeds's four how good are we at the moment
5: well I I I don't think we played that brilliant I'll be honest we had brilliant patches don't get me wrong but it just we didn't come out of second gear which I love because you know if we can get a 6-0 win at home against Leeds Not coming out of second gear and not looking like we've fully tried. It's brilliant. It gives me so much confidence for the Sunday. The only thing I will say is there was a couple tiny moments where John Matip looked a bit out of place. I love him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, obviously he scored a lovely goal with his classic run. But that's the only thing, only slight critique I have on that game. He looked a bit... He got done a couple of times by Dan James and looked a bit rusty. But other than that, all good. Salah was brilliant. Marne, brilliant. I, I really, really, really like Mane as a striker. It's, a, it's an interesting one because obviously we've had Firmino and Jota both out injured, one of them being back for this weekend, which is lovely. And obviously Salah's previously played as a striker but rather than Mane. Marne's always stuck out on the left, even though he was at the right in his first season. But I, I was really impressed with Mane as a striker. I mean, I'm more than happy to have him there again for this weekend. It just I think it works perfectly, especially with the the freshness of Luis Diaz on the left, its unpredictability to feed into Marno. just finishes. It was brilliant. Leeds were awful. Don't get me wrong. We were brilliant. Leeds were awful.
0: Uh, Leeds Leeds were definitely struggling. Obviously Leeds are injury struck as well. Obviously, no Patrick Bamford. No Carbon Phillips and no there's someone else that I have forgot there. I will remember. In, in due course. Alfie you quickly obviously what's your thoughts on the game? How did you feel? Obviously 3 0 up at half time. You know, game's done and dusted by then but obviously you want to go you want to go and punish people. That's what we talk about. You want to go and punish teams, you want to go and get the goal difference, obviously the more, the better goal difference we have, you know, if it comes down to the last game of the season. How how did you feel we played last night?
4: Yeah, of course. Everyone everyone will see, like Charlie said everyone sees the 6 0 score as a For those that didn't watch the game, I don't think we were, like Charlie said, out of second gear because our attacking football was fluid in patches. I think we had spells where we were almost unplayable. Leeds couldn't really handle the intensity of our attacking and obviously the high press in midfield. But I think as well as that, I think with Joel Matip, I think people have to remember he was also a free signing. I I think he's, what, like 29 now? I think he's been at the club for a few years now, and he's obviously been injury-stricken for a long time of his a long part of his career. But I think him this season alongside Van Dijk has been incredible partnership. But I'd start Kanate in the final. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or not, but I would start Kanate. I just think his pace will be unmatchable, especially with the likes of like Pulisic, Timo Werner, those sorts of attackers. They do have a bit of pace. But other than that, I think we we played we played well. We did. I'm not saying we didn't play well. Obviously, you don't win six 0 without playing well. But I think we could have played better. I just think the I liked the dynamic, the dynamism of the front three. I think Sadio in in the like he wasn't he wasn't playing like a number nine because obviously, no matter what player plays down that middle for us, he's never an out and out number nine. But his aggression, his ability to hold the defender off the ball is, I think he's one of the strongest individual forwards I've seen. Other than, obviously, the players like Lukaku, Antonio, people like that. But Mane's aggression down the middle, I think, is fantastic. And what a spark this Diaz has been since he signed. I know one area for me that's key on Sunday will be Diaz against, who I assume it will be Azpilicueta, because I'm not sure Rhys James will make it. Or if he is, he might only feature off the bench. But Luis Diaz absolutely burnt Luke Hayling yesterday. And I consider Luke Hayling a lot quicker than Cesar Azpilicueta, who, as you boys know, is not my favourite footballer. Um, I just think they'll struggle with the pace of the wide players for Liverpool, to be fair.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And we will get on to Luis Diaz and how good of a signing he has been for us. I spoke about it couple of days ago Archie obviously over to you quickly seeing that scoreline yesterday yes we know it's a very bad lead side probably in the relegation battle with Norwich and the likes of Burnley and Watford and Newcastle you know if if they don't get these players back in your eyes do you see that as a worry do you feel as if I don't know if you watched the game obviously there was loads of games last night obviously I've had to come and And Man United, do do you see it as a worry? Uh, does it has it worried you at all, or are you still as confident as what you were before?
1: No, I, I'm
6: I'm because we yesterday didn't tell me anything more about Liverpool than I already knew. Um, Liverpool a, a, a blisteringly quick in attack, uh, and a well oiled all round. But remember, this is this is one of Klopp's final masterpieces. This Liverpool team. And everything doesn't come together by chance. Everything that
1: Liverpool is right now that they've been working on for the past, well, since 2016, 17. Um, You know, Liverpool are a top side and and we expect Liverpool to
6: to smack a team like Leeds, who are potentially threatened by relegation, um, but are certainly not. I'm not prone to, uh, to conceding. I, uh, I did watch a little bit of the game because I was, I was doing some Rafinha scouting. Um, if Leeds go down, he'll be available for 25 million. So I, I, was, I, I did watch a bit of the game and uh, I agree exactly with what, with what Charlie said is that um, Liverpool didn't get out, out of second, second gear really. But the, but the thing that I would say about Liverpool and this applies to the, the, the cup final on Sunday is that when Liverpool have a chance, they take it. And that's that's going to be key, and, and that's exactly what this Liverpool side's about. Even if they do, even if they don't have possession, even if they are getting dominated, give them one chance, and most likely they will take it. And and Leeds just proved that. It didn't tell me anything I didn't already know.
0: No, definitely. And uh, from your side of it, Ben, obviously I know you're not really looking forward to the uh, League Cup final like we are, but. As a Norwich fan, how how does that boost your confidence, obviously, coming out of, of the relegation zone or, or sort of helping your chances of staying up?
2: You know, I've been very vocal about saying that I don't think we will stay up this, for the rest of this season. I think there's too many sides who are going to hit good form. I think we will as well. But um, obviously, you boys done us a favour last night. Now we don't have the worst defence in the league. Um but I think if there was any side that you wouldn't raise an eyelid at getting battered 6-0, I think, to be honest, Leeds would be one of the top on that list. You know, don't get me wrong, they play, you know, the the, the um, football hipsters brand it. Um, positive, positive play, exciting to watch. But when you get getting spank 6-0, it doesn't exactly scream, scream wonderful football. But, you know, I think that... For us, I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll end up staying up. But um, I'm very much excited for for Sunday to see two of the best teams in the country, and well, two of the best teams in, in Europe go head to head.
0: No, definitely. And I want to touch on one man that has come back in after being out for three weeks, Charlie. I want to come to you first. We spoke about it earlier on today. Curtis Jones finally makes his way back into the squad after three weeks out. How good was he? Obviously, he got he gets stick every single week. You know, from from our fans, how good was he last night?
5: I was really, really impressed. I wasn't. I've always, I always rate him, but I wasn't sure what to expect because he'd not been in the squad for three weeks, and there was no injury, no illness, no nothing. He just wasn't chosen. So I was kind of, I was a bit optimistic because it'd either be like a, oh, let me show Klopp what I can do, or I can't be bothered. I can't believe Klopp's left me out for three weeks for no reason. But he he performed really, really, really well, and. There wasn't enough credit, because he was very good defensively and defensively, which you don't usually see from that kind of player. So like usually we ha- you have the Fabinho that's defensive, the Thiago, which is the all-rounder, and then you have the, the Jones, the Elliot, the Kate, the Ox, the more attacker, attacking one. But Jones' Jones's defensive, I, he's, he's just brilliant. He was really, 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 really good. And granted, it's Leeds. They weren't very good. They haven't been in good form all season but I don't care if it's Lee's, it could be Lees or Barcelona. If you put in that performance, you deserve the praise of someone. Like, imagine if Henderson did that, or, or Harvey Elliott did that. The praise would be next level. But because it's Jones, and a lot of people don't like him, praise isn't close to what it should be. But he was—he didn't put a foot wrong. It was rusty, for, rusty for first ten minutes. But other than that, he really grew into the game, and it was really, really impressive stuff. I mean, I'd. I, I, I wouldn't be against starting him in the final. I don't think he will start, but if he started in the final, it's deserved. I mean, I think he deserves it more than Ox or kato because they weren't brilliant against Norwich. Granted, again, it's Norwich and then it's Leeds for Jones. But Jones, I, th- I think if Henderson didn't start, Jones has to be the one after him to start on Sunday.
0: Yeah, see, that was my next question for you, but you have covered it there. Obviously, do you think... Curtis Jones deserves the start. If so, who over? Obviously, we know that Ox and Kate haven't really been hitting form recently. Uh spoke to a few uh, boys earlier on in the week saying that Ox hasn't really been performing. And in my personal opinion, Navi Kate is probably our worst performing midfielder at this current time. No, I like...
5: disagree with that. I disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Kate has had a bad game this season. The only. Only questionable games he's had was Norwich and Fretico away. They're the only two I've been like. Mm. Like well to jump in there <laughs> if, if, if there's a chance. Go on, then. Yeah, go on. Just wanted to say
4: like you say that he hasn't had a bad game. I was at Cardiff at home and therefore, FA Cup. Bearing in mind they're a Championship side. When we, when we signed Navigator, obviously I did. I can't claim to watch the Bundesliga too much. Obviously, other than when COVID struck out, but. We were told we were getting this dynamic, attacking, creative midfielder that would yeah, score injuries, goals, those
1: beat those players.
4: Injuries. I know he's had injuries, but I just don't think he. Ha- I don't think he's of the quality that we would say. I would say he's one of the most not average, but he's nothing special. Yeah, no. I, I, I would definitely him. rather. I would definitely rather have a Curtis Jones who's obviously younger, um, the scouser himself. I just don't nah. think Naby Keita offers much more. I know people always. I don't know why there's an agenda against Naby in uh, on Twitter for his defensive play. I think defensively, he's actually quite strong. I think he nine times out of ten makes more tackles than most players.
5: Yeah, um, I believe I believe he's got the most tackles of our entire side. He's only started, I think, twelve games in the Premier season. Yeah. So, like, like you said, just just a to
4: touch on Oxford Chamberlain. I'm a massive fan of his. Um, as you boys know, but against Norwich on when was it the weekend? Yeah, he, exactly. honest, honestly, it was shocking. I've never seen. It was one of the worst performances I've ever seen from him. To be honest, I think he gave the ball away every time he touched it. It was it was a really bad performance. Um, Naby again injuries have just average. Him.
5: It wasn't it wasn't anything special. it, yeah, was, just actually, it was kind it of it just do. wasn't
4: really doing anything. Yeah. And then, obviously, Curtis Jones last night, fantastic performance. Ken, the commentators seem to want to criticise him straight away from minute one again. I don't know where this agenda has sort of come from, but after the first 10 minutes, I've got to admit, he was a bit rusty, got into the game and was one of our better players on the night.
0: No, I totally totally understand where you boys coming from. I feel like the reason why I say what I say about Navigator is because there was so much hype after he joined Leipzig. I think in comparison, he's a, he's a player such as, you know, he's, he's a player a lot like your your, your Nicola Borellas, your, your Rodrigo de Paul, your Kerem de, de Mirabe. You know, he's, he's that type of player. He's that type of versatile player. He can play in the pivot, along with Fabinho, uh, along with Thiago.
5: He's he, Now, we, I, I value him more more as a squad player. He's the player we... Yeah, I don't,
0: think, I don't think he is. I don't think in any way, shape or form should he be a starter um that's my opinion I don't, on I
5: don't, I don't think that's anything against him as a player it's just we have better
0: No of course and I think when you have a midfield three that is performing so well and especially going into this week's game I just yeah. think I just think you can't really put him in that side and if you do put him in that side do you ruin the the sort of form that we're going on Ben did you have something to say there mate obviously I saw that you wanted to Yes yeah, so but I
2: was just going to say about um Honestly, I think we've already, well, I mean, we'll get onto it later, but we've already spoken today about the likelihood of Henderson starting. But in, in that game on Saturday, it was um, until um, Thiago came on, you know, just after the hour mark when when you boys were 1-0 down. I mean, there was nothing from that midfield of kater Ox or Henderson to offer any kind of support to the, to the front line. And I think, you know, realistically, um, for, for you boys, I, I would probably go, obviously it's not us picking it, but... Probably go the the three unchanged for, from from yesterday, but I think we obviously know that for a final the the club the club captain is going to be involved.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's no there's no doubt about that. I believe we all have our our arguments on on Henderson. Obviously, we all we all sometimes believe that he's not giving us as much as what he could. But there's one thing that you can never deny about John Henderson is that he is a leader. And if you listen to him, if you listen to to the to the games when there was no crowds, there was nothing you could hear them. You know, he was the first voice that you'd hear, and I think that was that's what makes him a leader. That's what that's why he is so good for us. Obviously, Charlie, I know you're not the fondest of Henderson. No, you he's not the of fondest season. of of which No, but uh, in your opinion, and obviously Alfie, I'll come. I'll come to you after this. In, in your opinion. For a game as big as this, a man that's won us a Premier League, a man that's been in our Champions yeah. League final squad, yeah. do you start. feel as he has to? Yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah.
5: yeah. Like, as much as I don't think he's had a good season, he, even if he wasn't the captain, you know, the amount, like, no offence to anyone else that's fighting for that third midfield, like Ox, Kato, Elliot Jones, they don't have the experience. They don't have the, like you said, like a leadership role as much. As the others, and I just I feel like he has to start. I don't want him to start. I want Jones. I think I think Jones deserves to start after last night. But I think Henderson will start, and I don't really have anything against that as long as he performs. If he doesn't perform, then you you know what I'm like. I won't be happy. But
0: he he
5: should start. Like all no bias or whatever against him. He should start,
0: especially in a game as big as this. We haven't touched on the three vital men up front. Nine goals between them in two games. Obviously, yes, okay, it's Norwich and Leeds. Okay, I know. But still. Luis Diaz, Mohamed Salah and Sadio
3: Mane. Now, in my opinion,
0: one of, if not the best front three in the world right now. Mm -hmm. On form. Okay, it's very hard to argue that someone has Kylian Mbappé and Lionel Messi in their front two. But on form and on recent games, I believe, personally, they are the best front three in the world right now. The link now, up really, well. Now, you can take Luis Diaz out of the equation and you bring Diego Jota, and I still think it is the best front three in the world right now. You can take Mane out of the situation and bring Jota in, and I still think that it is the best front three in the world right now. And Archie, I know you're not going to agree with me. I mean, you might do. I, you never know. But personally, right now, I think that there is not a better front three on form. They work so well together. I was reading a comment this morning, obviously, doing the research again for the podcast today uh, on, on The Athletic again. Obviously, if you ever if you ever fancy reading opinions on your club, Go over to The Athletic. They are always... They have forums all the time, even on Twitter. Obviously, I'll, I'll plug the Anfield Talk, obviously, Charlie. You know, we have these spaces, you know. Go and listen, because you'll hear stuff that you agree with, that you don't agree with, and it opens your mind to it.
5: It's a fantastic uh, little place to just express and hear other people's opinions. You, you get, you know, various opinions from all over the world, really.
0: Exactly. it's, uh, like, it's not Paul S. on... Uh, The Athletic said Sadio is playing really well in the center forward position. He is pulling the defensive midfielders and centre-backs all over the place with his movement, to and away from the ball. Maybe this system of Diaz, Mane and Salah is one to watch in the future. Martin V followed up with Mane is maybe lacking a little bit of Firmino's finesse, but he is taking up great positions, trying to make right passes and is really tearing leads apart. If he could just find that extra yards of acceleration or release the part of the second earlier, then this could be six or seven by now. That was obviously at the 60 minute mark before Mane got his brace in the 80th and 90th minute. Alfie, I'll go to you quickly. You bought a Diaz shirt before he even played in a Liverpool kit. How have you sat? He has. Klopp said before he started, give him time. Do you think he's needed that time?
4: So, obviously. Having played Porto quite a few times in the Champions League recently, I've seen him, obviously, when you get linked to a player, as Archie said earlier, linked to Rafinha once, and he's suddenly watching every Leeds game. And I've watched quite a lot of Luis Diaz. And I just think he's in- I think he's unbelievable, to be honest. Yesterday, Luke Ayling, who's actually a fullback, back I rate quite highly, I think he's very solid defensively, he's also good going forward. He got absolutely ruined. He got torn apart from the first minute, and no, he's not really needed time. I know I was at Cardiff for his debut, obviously, repping the Luis Diaz shirt. Um, I think he got an assist after, like, eight minutes on his debut or something. Bear in mind, you want to you wanna compare him to, like, the likes of like, Man United. They've signed Jaden Sancho for over double the fee. They're not sure he's even scored a goal. Obviously, I know he has, but... I don't think any Man United players of Man United fans have raved about him at all. I think he's been a complete waste of money, but that's not really what the topic is. I think Luis Diaz, his feet, his footwork is unbelievable. Some of the skills he comes up with, he's so exciting. He can go left, he can go right, Cutting in off that left hand side. I think where, before Diogo was injured, I think the front three for me was always going to be Diaz, Jota, and Mo, and. Since Jota has come out, it's hard to say he shouldn't go straight back in. But for me, I think Diaz has taken over Mane now because he's electric. And I think he's unbelievable. Great signing. Already scored his goal, which is good. And we'll see what he can do in the cup final. I think him against Aspilicueta, probably one of the biggest, most important jewels in the game. Obviously, that midfield is obviously the winner of the midfield, arguably wins the game. But the individual battles of Diaz against P and I think another one, though, against Rudiger, is going to be where the game's won or lost.
0: Yeah, Charlie, anything anything to add on that, mate?
5: Uh, no, I think Alfie's got it spot on. I know I don't always agree with his footballing opinions, but he's, he's, he's taken all the words I want to say out of my mouth, I'll be honest. He's... I agree with the Diaz can replace Mane thing. It, he, he just looks like a, a Mane in disguise of Mane of old, that is, rather than the Mane of now. Crazy
1: thing so, for me.
5: Mane's lost a, a little bit of his flair. Diaz is, he is that player.
4: Sorry, I just yeah. wanted to ask you, do you think the for me, because see, got, speaking of football shirts, I've got four or five Sadio Mane shirts. He was my favourite player the last couple of years. Do you think he's seen it he appears to me as if he's lost that yard of pace? Obviously, we know confidence hasn't been great. He's obviously always never lacked the aggression, the, the high press. I think it looks to me as if he's lost a yard of pace, but since coming back from AFCON, he, he does seem to be obviously confidence wise that's going to do him the world of good. But what do you think about Mane's attacking motivation?
5: Turned it up a notch, definitely. Afcon has done him the world of good because I, I think if you if you remember the Leeds away game, he had ten shots okay. and finally scored in like the 80th minute. But the Afcon has it, done. He could have him. had six that day. Yeah, Afcon's done him the world of good, and he just he looks all right. He might might not have that pace and whatever, but he looks a lot better. He looks a lot like more of a footballer again. And the, I I think the, stri- the striker at the moment he's he's doing the right job for him. He, he's looking good there. I mean, I'd have him there again in the final. Obviously, Jot is going to be back, but the, realistically, Jot is not going to start over that front yeah. three. Open the form they're in, but yeah, he's, he's been, Ever since he's come back, he's been really, really good. I've got no bad things to say at all, and I, I know having, I, I haven't been his biggest fan the last couple of years, but he's not. He's not put a foot wrong. Not
0: I think having well. Sad- I think having Sadio Mane out front is not only good for us, but it's also good for himself. You know, he's he's. He's come back from AFCON. He's won the AFCON, obviously. He's been very respectful towards Mo Salah, obviously his teammate, his friend. Playing up front has given him the freedom to go and score goals. I think when you play through the middle, you've always got the assets on the wing. I think that's something that we're very good at. We're very good at counter-attacking football. We're very good on the break. And I think that's the most important thing for us. Um, our our centre-forwards always get goals because you know it, it's always either a shot off the keeper and the keeper parries it, or it's just a quick break and we catch people on the counter-attack and having that burst of pace that Mane has obviously yes he has slowed down a little bit compared to what he used to be but he still has that that yard that he can get in front of you know someone like Forshaw, you know who I, I thought was woeful last night you know someone like that and, and obviously it proved last night because he got his two goals late on in the game Archie I see that you are Lurking, what, yeah. Do you have to, what do you have to say on this? I uh,
6: I just wanted to make a comment on uh, what you were saying. Whether I would agree or not, if uh, that Liverpool front three is the oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. best in the world, and actually I disagree because I don't think it's just the front three that in a Liverpool attack that make it so good. Go on, you bring do- in the fullbacks. Pardon. Are you going to bring in the fullbacks? backs I, I, I wasn't, but I, we will do later for sure. I was, I was actually more going to comment on the, on the fact that that front three that Liverpool start with is so interchangeable with quality players. Um, so if you're starting Mane, Salah and Firmino, for example, you could swap one of them out for Jota or Diaz and it's still, you know, so good. Uh, so fluid and it, and it looks like they've been playing together for years. Um, and I think this is more a nod to the, the recruitment system at Liverpool, which is something as a Chelsea fan that I've been very frustrated about. And I look at Liverpool with, with a lot of envy. <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it's because when Liverpool sign a player, they sign a profile of, of a player uh which is very different to the way that Chelsea operate in the, in the sense that we uh look for names we consider
1: the commercial value of a player which it, it, um so yeah i i really i really do envy the way that
6: liverpool go about their business and and when you look at the players that they they bring in not a lot of duds it usually works out, especially uh, with the forwards, and I think it's brilliant. And it,
5: it was massive praise. Yeah, no
1: well it's, it's
5: crazy that what, what one signing can do, really, because I, I would have disagreed with you before signing Diaz, because obviously we've got the front three and Jota. But I think even if you bring Origi into that, it's still brilliant because he's a oh, high quality forward. People, he's a good
1: player. Call just, him he just, just he's he just won one name and man. It.
5: But our, our recruitment system doesn't miss, especially with forwards. There's, there's no misses there at all.
0: No, and I think I think we are in a very good path for our forwards. But I think we'll need so many times soon, as long as we renew Salah's contract. But we all have our own thoughts and feelings towards that. Some of us think it's done. Some of us think it's don't. But who knows? None of us know. We'll have to wait and see. But moving on slowly, I'm going to open... So Ben first, I'm going to move on to what we think the predicted lineups, not the preferred lineups, gents. I know you all have your preferred lineups and I know that you want to tell me everything about who should play and who shouldn't play. Obviously, Charlie telling me that Henderson shouldn't play because he does this and that. Ben, you're the neutral here. We're going to go through both teams quickly. I'm going to ask you your predicted lineup for both sides and why you believe that those sides are going to go. So we're going to start with Chelsea. If I get it up earlier, obviously we had this conversation earlier, gents. I asked you to give me your lineups earlier on. Ben, starting with Chelsea, you've gone for the 3-4-3 with Mendy in goal, which I was surprised about and I want to actually ask Archie before I carry on here. Only quickly, do you think Mendy will start or do you think Erizzabellaga will play
1: This is interesting, actually, because on face value, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Mendy starts. However, an example of, of the FA Cup final from last year,
6: Kepa Keta, Keta, <laughs> Keta played in, a, in every round of that tournament, uh, including the semis, and there was a debate whether he started the final, in which Tuchel did select him for the final. And although he didn't play badly... There's always a debate over over the the goal that he conceded. Would Mendy have stopped it? I mean, it was a fantastic strike. Who knows? Uh, Would things have gone differently if if Mendy started? I don't know what Tuchel's thinking. If, um, back of that, maybe he'll consider that a mistake he made and and he'll rectify that. However, um, the last time Kepa played every round of a tournament, including the semi-finals, I mean, he played, he played in both the Spurs semi finals. He played in the final. So, face value, it's, it's a no brainer. Uh, Mendy starts. Uh, he's the better keeper. He's our number one. He should start if it's a final. However, no. I'm going to say Mendy will start. Um, but maybe I'm being a bit hopeful.
0: Yeah, and obviously, we have seen that Kelleher for Liverpool has played every single round up until this. So he will start, and Allison will. If I could like just touch on that, well. yeah, no worries. For me,
4: I think, I think it's really, it's it's always the it's one thing that always gets talked about in the build up to a cup final. Who goes in goal? I understand it's a cup, and for all the other rounds, I understand that. Obviously, for us, it's Kelleher, who I think is actually a really good goalie as well. To be fair, but for me, it's a cup final. The boys, people listening, won't know, but. When we were doing my predicted lineup, the, obviously you start with the goalie. The first thing I wrote down was Alisson. And that wasn't for me not knowing that Kelleher was going to play because obviously Jürgen's already said Kelleher will play. But for me, I think it's a cup final. You want to win, you want your best team out. For me, it should always be the best player in every position or obviously based on form. If someone's in a ridiculous form, you're not just going to take them out. But for me, it should always be the number one. I think the difference in quality between Edouard Mendy and Obviously Keppa is unbelievable. Edward Mendy is a man that can genuinely say he wins so many points keeping so many clean sheets for Chelsea and I think is actually a significantly weaker team for Chelsea if Keppa starts. So for me I'm hundred percent hoping Keppa starts. And for me I think Allison should start. I know he's not going to, but for me if I was Jurgen I would be starting Allison and I would be praying to God that Keppa plays.
6: Yeah, I I a hundred percent agreement on that one.
0: No. So Obviously, sorry Ben, moving back to... I wanted to ask that question. I wanted to ask actually what you thought. Obviously, because we do see this many a time that second-choice goalkeepers do get the cup games. Whether they think it's because it's not as important or not, we'll never know. We'll never find out. Obviously, so you've started with a 3-4-3. You've gone with Mendy and goal. You've gone with Christian Silva and Rudiger. Obviously, not really a changed back three from what it's been recently. Uh, very solid for them. You've gone with Asby... Kante, Jorginho, Alonso. Obviously, we weren't sure if Kovacic was going to be fit. I'll ask you in a minute, would you change that now? Because if we know Kovacic is fit. And then you've gone for Mount, Havertz and Pulisic. Again, not knowing about Ziyech. Is there anything you'd change, obviously, from earlier on? Obviously, we've now had the the confirmation that they both will be okay. Also, with Rhys James, obviously, you've also put Mount in there. Not 100% sure at the moment if he'll be fit. But, what's your opinion, obviously? It's a strong squad. Uh, what 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 are you thinking?
2: Yeah, well, I think I think if I would have known that that and itch were going to be fit, then I think you'd probably go unchanged from from the Lille game. I think um, Archer alluded to it earlier about how Chelsea's form of the ten, from the ten of the year has been better, but they've struggled in, in just killing games off. You know, I think uh, back to the you know the Club World Cup final. You know, especially the game against Plymouth. You know, going to extra time. With with the side in League One and you know scoring late against Palace, but uh, um, as Arch said, you know the the Lille game was a little bit of something different. So you know if I was Tuchel, I wouldn't be probably changing too much of that team. And obviously, if, if like we know know now, uh, Kovacic and Zich being being available, I, I would play them. But um, yeah, I think I, I think I would I think I would go for an unchanged side from the Lille game. So bring Kovacic back in for instead of Georginio. Uh, and Ziyech and Mount because obviously Mount has only just come back, but I I really do um, like Mason Mount. Probably one of one of my favourite players to watch. You know, away from from Norwich. Um, you know, I just think he. Like, I mean, I didn't enjoy watching him put hat trick passes at, Car- at Stamford Bridge, but um, yeah, he is an exciting player. But I, I think fitness again again will um, will dictate uh, the starting position there for for ZH coming back if he's obviously hundred percent.
0: Yeah, so obviously you're saying that they should go unchanged from Lille on Tuesday. Liverpool 4-3-3. The only two changes that you actually made is Kelleher, obviously, because we know that Jurgen Klopp has already said that Kelleher will play the final because of the impact he has had on the Carabao Cup. And you've gone for Kanate over Matip. As I now think about it more and obviously as I've took time to think about it, Canate is probably the better choice for this game, obviously. what was your What's your views on, on the Liverpool side that you've picked?
2: I, ju- I just think that 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 performance from, from from I know Van Dijk won the won the match that night away into Milan, but both of them could have could have won it. They were they were exceptional together, and um, I think Charlie was looking at it earlier. We were looking at the the, the goal that Norris conceded of that um, uh, uh, Norwich scored the other day, uh, and I know it's Matip's deflection. There's not much you can do about it, but you know there are there are things that could have probably been done differently to prevent how Sargent's got out to the wing and stuff like that. But I just like Canate. He's a, he's a very, a very strong defender, very quick. He'll match up well. I think we were talking earlier about with, with uh, possibly Pulisic running at him. And um, I'm sure Archie will agree with me here that when Chelsea played Arsenal in the FA Cup final two years ago, that I think that game would be completely different if Pulisic didn't go off injured. You know, he, he ran Arsenal's defence all over the place in the first half, got the goal after five minutes and without him going off the pitch injured, I think it would have been a completely different game and I don't think Arsenal will probably come back and uh, and win it. But um, just on the goalkeeper thing earlier, I think the only, I, I completely agree that alisson and Mendy should be starting but I think the only thing is that in cup competitions maybe, obviously the League Cup is sometimes seen as a lesser competition to the FA Cup is just about the loyalty of giving your backup goalkeeper a good run in the cup. But obviously some managers have changed it in the final but I think both will I do honestly think both will play backups this, this weekend just for the loyalty aspect. And um I mean if the if the game's going to a penalty shootout then uh, Chelsea know who they who they need in goal.
0: Yeah, no definitely. Charlie, your team is the exact same as what Ben has said. Obviously you've tossed and turned with the Henderson situation, but you think that he should start? Yeah, runs-
5: I think he should I think he should, but I don't want him to but I think he will, if that makes sense. He well, should because wanna... He's the captain, you know, he's most experienced, and I think he will because of that, but I want Jones in there.
0: Well, I want to I keep it in here quickly. Alfie, you've gone for something slightly different. You've kept Matip in instead of Kanate. Any reason for that, or do you think Kanate should start? Obviously, while I have you both here, we might as well have this discussion very quickly. What's your view on it? Obviously, you've said Matip, Charlie, you've said Kanate. Alfie, why, why do you think Matip deserves to start? Um... So, for me, I think both players
4: are unbelievable. Kanate, physically, is an absolute animal. He's absolutely rapid. For a big man, he is so fast. So, I think, come to think about it, I think with the it all depends on how Chelsea line up. Obviously, I know Klopp won't know that before picking his team. But for me, I think if, if Chelsea were to play with like a Romelu Lukaku, big, strong target man almost... I would go for Joel Matip, based on I think he's been in good form. I know I know you, what you, Ben was saying about the Norwich goal. I think I think he's done well to shuffle his man across over to Trent's side, and then I think it's just I think it's just unlucky to be honest. Um, it's obviously hit him and gone wrong-footed Allison, but I don't know because it all depends. Because obviously Chelsea have some attacking pace with Werner. Obviously I don't think he'll start. I don't know if he's injured or not, but. Pulisic is one of the most talented football players I think our league has. He's very, very good. Obviously, fitness-wise, he's he's been weak as well. So, pace-wise, obviously, Canate is way faster than Matip. So, I probably would nudge Kanate this time. Obviously, if you look at the games, he's actually played Man United away, Inter Milan away. I know Charlie's going to come in and tell me the other one. But Canate for me now would be the partner for Van Dyke.
5: Oli? Yeah, Canate, just better. Nothing against Matip. Just, Canate's better Everything. Matip, obviously, the only thing Matip has, has over Canate is that the, the dribbling technique but Matip, the only, only, only slight thing I have with him is sometimes he gets caught out. Like, like we saw with the Norwich goal, not that the only, like the deflection was his fault but the whole movement of our defence, I thought it was a bit he was a bit all over the place. He didn't really know what was going on. And then obviously got a with their own goal. But Kanate is amazing United away, amazing Inter away, amazing AC away. Good against Chelsea away, good against Spurs away. Granted, Matić played then as well. Kanate, no matter who it is, whether it's Lukaku starting or Pulisic or Werner, he, he can deal with anyone. If it's pace, he can That's do it. Funny. If it's strength, he can do it. He's just he's, he is the centre back that has to start alongside Van Dyke. So it can allow Van Dyke to be a bit more laid back and do what Van Dyke does best, and Kanate can just be that that guy. I agree. With I play. agree with you. I think he. I think when Van
4: Dyke and Kanate played together, I think like Kanate always plays as like an aggressor. First people... Yeah. like I mean, they're unbeaten. Tries to win the Karnate first ball, the exactly. Again. Van Dyke, obviously, we know he. I know Archie could. Tiago Silva, the Rolls Royce defender, which did did upset me a little bit. I think Van Dijk is he.
5: He is Tiago Silva is,
4: but Van Dijk is the. I just I just think Van Dijk's above anyone. Yeah, yeah. To be fair. Um, I'm not again. Nothing against Tiago Silva. I think he's fantastic, but I think Van Dijk and Canate together, one being the initial ball winner, and then not that it happens very often, but when when they do get past Canate, having Van Dijk is just it's a wonderful place to be. And I've never. Back, back following Liverpool for obviously a while now. When when we used to have the likes of Skirtle or whoever we had at centre back, there would always be a, almost a panic. When but like when you have Van Dyke, it is a genuine like com- you feel composed. You like no matter what attacker has the ball going forward, you
5: still back
4: Van Dyke to win it. So
5: yeah.
4: it doesn't really matter for me who plays
5: alongside him. No, <laughs> no. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. It could be Joe Garner. Go- doesn't think against Joe but It could be Nat Phillips, and it'll be fine. But. Don't get me started on Nathaniel Dini Don Phillips. But it has to be Canato for me. He's just better in everything. Agreed.
0: Yeah, no, boys. Obviously, you've you've summed that up quite well. I'm going to pass the floor over to Archie. Archie, you haven't spoke about your own team. You also went unchanged from Tuesday night. Is that the best option? Do you think? Is that is that is that what you feel is the best for Chelsea?
1: Um.
6: Yes. I think it is. Um, but, you know, I, I'd encourage you to remember the, the fact that although I feel like this is the best team that we can put out, it's almost the, the only team that we could uh, before it, we start to play the Roth Barclays and, and so on. Um, we don't have a lot of choice in terms of the, the lineup. However, I, I, I do like it. I think the, the back four, if you will, with the three centre backs and the keeper. Uh, that will be including Mendy. I think you know we we can't do any better than that. I think that's that's as good as it gets. I think I really want Kovacic starting next to Kante in this game, uh, and that's not starting Jorginho. and And my thinking behind that is the fact that I think with Liverpool's midfield, it's so aggressive and uh, so tenacious, and and we really need to match that energy. Um, I mean, Kante starts no matter who, who's next to him. Um, but I think with Kovacic, the way that he beats the press, I think that's going to be so key in, in the way that we're going to get around Liverpool's midfield. Um, with, with the wing-backs do worry me. Um, of course they do. Which is why I think playing a back three is, is so key. Um, because Marcus Alonso and Azpilicueta, i mean with with Aspie, he he you know he's not the player he used to be, and uh i i did watch Diaz um easily uh, get round uh, Luke Lukeke on on uh, well yesterday last night uh and i and I do fear for Aspie in, in that same situation um however with 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 christensen on his side um i think he, he can offer support there it it will be tough it will be equally, if not more, tough to watch Marcus Alonso try and mark my Salah um, as, it, as it was in the game at Stamford Bridge. I mean...
1: It's going, to be about, it's, it, yeah, it's going
6: to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I mean, at the game at Stamford Bridge, for example, for Salah's goal, a small feint and Marcus Alonso is completely out, out of that passage of play. He He's not... Anywhere near as good as Benji. He's or. a shocking defender. And he, yeah, he's poor. He's poor. Um, but he's got a goal in him. So, and we don't have any, any better options. So although <laughs> those, the, the wing-backs are not ideal, it's the best we've got. It's the best we can offer. Unless we're playing a, a, a midfielder or, or a, a, a forward in, in those wing-back positions, which Tuchel has done before. I don't think it works as well. Especially defensively, and, and we need to be defensively on it because, as I already said, give Liverpool one one chance and they're going to score. Um, with the f- front three, I think I've I've, only, I've already sort of spoken about it. The important thing for me is the fact that <laughs> Lukaku isn't starting, and that's not even just uh, you know that putting putting him down It's more bigging Kai kind of Havertz up. So obviously, he missed loads of games. Um, because of Lukaku starting, Lukaku started ten games in a row. its only featured in in the Spurs game, and he's come back and, and I think he's got a bit of fire in his belly. He's obviously scored in in the uh, the Club World Cup final. He scored against Lille, and um, in finals he he has a knack of of he's actually building a bit of a tally up. He's in his past three finals, he's actually got three goals or assists. That being two goals and an assist. So I, I do fancy him having a good game. Obviously, it'll be tough. He's, he's playing against some seriously good centre-backs. And, and when you were talking about your centre-back options, I was feeling less confident by the minute. We uh, have also got to start Polisic. I know that he hasn't been the player that he's tipped to be, but I'm happy that in this podcast, we've sort of touched on the talent that he could, could can be. Um, and I think especially when he's playing in his natural position, he can be dangerous and, and I'm excited for him because I think the game against Lille, he, he sort of showed what he could do and, and he hasn't really been given that opportunity. He's been playing as a wing back a lot of the time, on the right. These are not his positions. They even played him as a as sort of a false nine. It doesn't work. That's not his position. Um, and moving on to Ziyech, I'm really happy that he's starting. He's in, he's in great form. Uh, maybe a little bit underrated if, if you're not a Chelsea fan, looking at, at, at his form so far. He hasn't always done it at Chelsea but recently uh, he's been the, the flair up front that we need um, but look, all, all, that front three is very interchangeable, it's very fluid
2: but I think those three...
4: I just wanted to butt in there and ask you a couple of questions about two things you said. Um, the first being Romelu Lukaku, you've got, you've got a £100 million striker you're going into the final and no matter what people say about the Carabao Cup, obviously you want to win the game um, you've got a 100 million pound striker and you're almost desperate for him not to play it's just quite funny from an outsider's point of view is that more based on the way liverpool play or is it based on the fluidity of how you attack better with the likes of kai havertz
6: yeah look i mean i i definitely understand where you're coming from and on face value it it, it seems strange you have a, we've spent 100 million pound on a massive investment however you know, uh, the the price tag of a footballer doesn't select them for the team, and if it did, then I would have a massive problem with that. Lukaku has not been good enough to start against teams like Brighton and mid-table Premier League sides. Against Crystal Palace, he touched the ball seven times. He's not ready to start this final. I'm not saying that it, he'll never be ready to to play in a final for Chelsea. But I'm just saying for this one in particular, he's certainly not ready. And we have seen against Lille, although it's a smaller sample size than Lukaku's 10 consecutive games that he started, the team and the front three especially look astronomically better when it's Kai Havertz who can play down the middle as as more of a false nine but uh, he can also be a target man. He's quite versatile in that way. Uh, he links the play so much better. He has so much energy. His movement is better. I heard There was a lot of talk about Lukaku, and I, I think two things can be true in the sense where a lot of people were saying it's not Lukaku's fault that he's not receiving the ball. However, as soon as one, one man comes out of the team and another one comes in, Kai Havertz had... Uh, eight touches in fourteen minutes against
1: Lille. Lukaku
6: previously in the Crystal Palace game had seven in ninety. So there's a, there's a massive difference between Chelsea with Lukaku and without it. And although I get it on face value, it, it seems strange. I think it's necessary if we, if we want to win.
4: Yeah, I think it's very interesting the way your point of view there. I think a lot a lot has been made out of the Lukaku only touched the ball seven seven times. I know one of them was a kick off, two of them he was offside, but the other four were like, it's quite funny that he only actually touched the ball seven times in a match, but the other four were actually quite high quality. I know Charlie and I spoke about this earlier. The four touches were good one touch like hold up.
5: Yeah. I mean you can't really exactly what he
4: the, you made. the four touches like, were made you he own. made were fantastic. No, you're right. You're right. Um the other question I wanted to ask you, uh, Arch, was, obviously, I can see on the screen your predicted lineup, and uh, you've gone for Mateo Kovacic over Jorginho, which is, obviously, obviously everyone knows Kante is the main, main man and whoever goes against him doesn't really matter, but why, when a lot of Chelsea fans were asking for Jorginho to win the Ballon d'Or, have you gone for Mateo Kovacic? Yeah, I i as a,
1: I agree with you in the sense where uh, when we're talking about the that double pivot,
6: kante is is a in he already is is the first man
1: in in that too, and whoever goes with him, um you know'll we'll, we'll probably have an easier ride. however And why an eyebrow would be raised over not starting Jorginho,
6: especially with the year or you're you're in a bit or the two years that he's had, um, and, and, and the Ballon d'Or shouts and, and all of that. He is FIFA men's player of the year. However, I do not want him to start in the final. It's not that I don't want him to start, but I think that if we started Kovacic, it would be better, better for Chelsea. And that's not only for, for the way that we want to play, but it's also looking at Liverpool and how we can counter that. The thing is, if we wanted to control the game, have a lot of possession and slowly break down a team, then I would understand why we would start Jorginho. However, Liverpool's midfield are going to come, come out all guns blazing with the energy that they have. And they're going to try and press Chelsea. And when you have a player like Kovacic, who is so press resistant, I believe he's extremely underrated. Um, you've got to start him. Um, do I think if we're maybe you know, a goal up, maybe two goals up, or, you know, we need to take control of the game if we're letting it slip away. it has been a problem with Chelsea not putting the game to bed. But if, if we are looking like we're going to struggle to do that, I would then bring on Jorginho to, to shore things up and bring some control into it. However, to start the game, I believe Kovacic has to start with Kante.
4: I agree with you. I think not only that, I think... Um, Matej Kovacic also not although it's not a high goal threat, he offers more attacking like attributes yeah. than the likes of Jorginho I feel like he's a very slow tempo, control the ball, give the ball type midfielder. Whereas like, I think what you said was was actually really crucial to the game on Sunday. I think the way Liverpool's midfield pressed so high with the tenacity of the the tenacity sorry of the tackles from the likes of Fabinho. I believe it will be Henderson. Everyone knows Thiago likes to go in for a little bite. Um, I think Kovacic on the ball, I think he is, like you said, underrated. The way he dribbles, I think his dribbling, his ball control, the way he beats players is actually incredibly underrated in the league. And I think that will help you. Like I said, for me, I'd rather you played Jorginho, obviously coming from Liverpool side. <laughs> I'd, I want you to have the worst team out possible. If it's up to me, you'd have Kepa up front. But... Um... <laughs> Obviously, obviously, Jorginho, I'd rather have you in midfield based on the fact that Kovacic is more likely to beat the press. I think Jorginho invites the pressure on almost with the way he likes to have a touch of the ball, yeah. take two touches, three touches. And I don't think you can do that against Liverpool's midfield.
1: Yeah, I'd
6: agree. I'm not saying that Jorginho is is not press-resistant at all. And um, he he's proved that he, he can deal with... with such presses, however um, you know, I don't think there's many players um, that will be playing in the double six that can do it as well as, as Kovacic, and as you say uh, going forward as well um, Kovacic offers more, maybe not as a goal threat, but you know, he's very comfortable playing higher up the pitch, he's probably got a better creative. range of, yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's definitely, you'd say he's more creative, um, everyone knows he thing... scored against us yeah, of course, of course, he's he's got that somewhere in his locker. If he could do that more, um, but this season he's actually improved. Uh, he in terms of having more of an eye for goal, although it's not you know staggering. Um, one thing that I like about uh, Kovacic is once he's beyond that the midfield, he he knows how to pick a pass a lot better than. Um, yeah, I feel like Jorginho would be, but I don't think Jorginho would be beyond that midfield in the first place anyway. I think if we want to counter attack, for example, uh, not to say that we will necessarily, but you know we could get in that position. There's there's not a lot of players that I'd rather have on the ball when counter attacking than Abicich, yeah, um, because he he can produce that pass uh, quickly and efficiently, and I, and I think with if we want to play with pace, uh, although it would be very difficult against Liverpool's back four. But if we do want to play with pace uh, and try and beat them in that way, um, I think coverages are going to be crucial towards that.
4: I'd agree with you. And just to touch, just to, t- just to like, sort of final point in the midfield, I know Ben mentioned it earlier. Obviously, we started with Cater, um, Oxley, Chamberlain, and Henderson for the Norwich game. And as Ben said, rightly so, to be honest, they offered absolutely nothing for. I think it was 60 minutes until the change, 55 minutes maybe, until the uh, change yeah, came 60 in.
1: Minutes.
4: Yeah, Thiago. He has to start, obviously. No one's no one's suggested that he isn't going to start for Liverpool. I think me, Charlie and yourself, Connor, I think we've all suggested Thiago should start in midfield, but I think he completely changed the game. When, when Thiago gets his foot on that ball, the control Liverpool have in the midfield is just astronomically more than when the likes of Kater, obviously Chamberlain, who we touched on, had a shocking game. But I think that midfield battle will be crucial on Sunday. It's going to be fun. It really will. I
0: think it's that's the main thing. Early. I think that's the main thing that you've got to think about. You know, games like this are won or lost in the midfield battle. You know, you can have the best front three in the world. You can have two of the best front threes at current times. But, you know, if, if there's no if there's no feed into the, into the front three through the you know, without that, they're nothing. And I think that's what we have to think about more importantly is that this game on Sunday will be one field. And it just really depends on who turns up on the day. And obviously, what teams we put out. Obviously, yes, we see that we think that it's going to be Kante and Kovacic. Maybe, maybe Chelsea might be overrun if we play a three and, and you play a two. But with the likes of Kante, do I see us overrunning you? No you might as well only have one midfielder with Kanté because he'll be in three different places at once that's how good he is and 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 for me that's where you as a team can afford to play two in the midfield because of how good they are and how good they work together obviously the the, the question that I had for you guys that I wanted to touch on earlier but Alfie you made a great question and and you spurred the podcast on for just that that 20 minutes longer obviously Aspilicueta, Marcus Alonso, you know, two full backs, wing backs that aren't very quick, are getting on a little bit. Diaz, like we said earlier, absolutely ripped Aylin, Uh in that one incident Obviously, he probably should have finished it, was off balance, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And obviously Salah yesterday was extremely hard for, for Junior to deal with. Archie, I'm going to obviously, Alfie, I know you want to have your say, I know how much you these two players. I know how much you want to talk about Mohamed Salah. Arch, obviously, Marcus Alonso and Azpilicueta.
3: Do you think they'll be out of their depth as such? Having
0: someone, yes, they have the experience, but the skill and technique of these two, these two wingers, how do you feel they'll, they'll, they'll fend against, against Salah and Diaz? If it is the Salah
1: and Diaz. Yeah.
6: well, for sure, it's going to be devastating. It's going to be a tough watch as a Chelsea fan. Um, but if you're Liverpool, then, then that's exactly where you're looking to exploit. But I think Tuchel knows this. And one thing that I do think, which could be a possible fear for a neutral trying to watch this game, and I think this could encourage Chelsea to sit a little bit deeper. Because, you know, we really want to kill that space off uh, in, in, our, in our third um obviously, chelsea we are adaptable. We can play a high line. we can play a low block at the same time. Uh, we could play three three at the back or and it, or it could become five at the
1: at the back um, and I think unfortunately, maybe not for us, but certainly for a neutral, I think
6: it, it could it could become a five because the thing is. We all know how you know blistering Liverpool are, um, whether they're counter-attacking or if they're just trying to um, break you down as a defense. What Liverpool is so good at doing is, is finding space, and when you put Mohamed Salah, for example, if you put Mohamed Salah in space, um, he will find a way of getting that ball in the back of the net. So I think that is unbelievably crucial for us to to nullify. Um, it's just about supporting uh, Aspilicueta and and Mark Salongo because as much as I wouldn't necessarily say out of their depth, I certainly think they're going to struggle in this game. I mean, we earlier we were talking about this front three from Liverpool being uh, one of the best in the world, uh, and I think we all agree at, that the 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 forwards at Liverpool's disposal are phenomenal, world class, and you know. They're going to be very tough to defend against for any defender, but especially with uh, Aspuruqueta at his age and Mark Alonso with his defensive ability, it's going to be a tough view as a Chelsea fan. Um But uh, I think I think Tuchel knows this, and he's going to try and
4: adapt the team to 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 how. Yeah, the, just to touch to on that. Yeah, I just think I think. Any Chelsea fan or any football fan that thinks this is going to be a end-to-end basketball-type football game is obviously two of the best teams in the country, but they play completely different styles of play. I think I, myself, I'm fully expecting a low defensive block of a five with the two men in midfield, arguably three with one of the front three dropping in almost as a number 10. I think I think Liverpool will control the possession, I think, You guys know how much I hate Aspilicueta. So, to try and keep it PG, I'm going to go to the other side. If you look at Marcus Alonso, I think, well, again, I think he's a shocking defender. I think everyone knows Marcus Alonso as a wing-back is, well, he's unbelievable. He's really good going forward. He's got a lovely left foot on him. He's brilliant in the air. But I watched, watched Liverpool Norwich the other day and I thought Brandon Williams, to be fair to him, dealt not well with Salah, but as well as you can deal with Mo Salah, I think there was a couple of 50 50s where Brandon Williams came out on top, but people don't understand the dribbling ability of Mo Salah. Everyone says he can't dribble, which again baffles my mind. Sometimes the ball is on a string on that left foot, so many little touches. And Marcus Alonso, as much as people, Chelsea fans aren't going to like it, he's a donkey. And I don't think he's gonna have any way of stopping Salah. But I think calling it now first goal, Salah's beating Alonso and scoring. Well,
6: I would I would almost agree. Uh in fact I, I I would agree in the sense where Mohamed Salah versus Marcus Alonso is a complete mismatch. However, um one thing that does give me confidence is the fact that is gonna be on that side. And depending on the way that the game's gonna be played, if it is uh space that Salo is running into. Rudiger is very good at tracking back. Uh, and if there's little space, then I feel like my Salah won't be as uh, effective as as he, as he can be. Uh, so, it, it it does depend. I'm not saying that uh, we have a solution, but I'm not overly... Yeah, I get what you're saying. Worried. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because uh, I know this is a conversation we had earlier when we were talking about uh uh Tony Rudiger. I... Yeah, Arch. I just wanted to say
4: like obviously the big big individual battle between Alonso and Salah is a, obviously a mismatch in itself. Obviously we've we've spoken, me and you about uh Tony Rudiger. Obviously I think he's a world class defender. I think he's arguably top five. No, for me it's not even arguable not even up for debate. I think Rudiger is a top five centre-back in the league. I think his one-on-one physicality, yeah. unmatched. Um, i put him up there with the likes of Canate and Van Dijk. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then obviously, I, feel like, I feel like Alonso against Salah will be a mismatch. But then I feel like obviously the help of Rudiger coming across will also help you. But then yeah. on, if Nick, I know that you wanted to say about the other side with as Pilly Willy, um, <laughs> obviously... Slow, old, clunky, bit of a donkey. <laughs> um, I know that Sadio. Obviously, I know he's going to be playing or more down the middle. Obviously, him yeah. and Diaz do like to interchange. Saw that quite a lot last night. Um, yeah. The pace of Mane, Diaz, through Robo coming down that left hand side as well. I think that uh, is another mismatch. I think the wide areas is heavily favours Liverpool. We've not even spoken about Trent himself. Um, with the likes of rudiger coming across to help Alonso, i don't feel like that is as strong for you on the other other side because yeah. obviously christensen i feel like he's a very good young talented defender but he lacks the pace that rudiger has to get back and match yeah. mané diaz against christensen and uh as Pilly Willy obviously i think going to be a big mismatch and i think that's where we could hurt you well, yeah. Look, I mean, uh, Christensen
6: is is a sensible centre back. He's not necessarily going to throw arms and limbs like like Rudiger will. He's not as strong. He's not as, as fast. He's he's a good centre back. Uh, he's got a he's got a good head on him. He doesn't panic. But uh, as I say, it, it's going to be tough, and, and it's not ideal for Chelsea, um, especially like we're we're playing. Wing backs that we, we we never thought that we would be in. We wouldn't didn't think yeah. we'd be in this situation. However, like, you know, so yeah, I, I was I was only going to say you can only play the team that you have. Uh, it's going to be tough, and we know it will. But I think that will encourage us to play something quite negative football, which is is would probably be
4: a shame for the game. Yeah, I do feel like. At the end of the day, was, as much as I feel like you obviously having a weaker team benefits us, which obviously at the end of the day, we could win 1-0 to a Aspenicu at our own goal and I'd be laughing, but um, <laughs> obviously at the end of the day, you want to see the best players on the field. And I feel like both full-backs for you obviously offer a lot less. I feel like Rhys James, Ben Chilwell, those two players, undoubtedly if they were fit, would would be starting. So yeah, obviously the wide areas do favour... Liverpool we'll have to
0: wait yeah 100% we'll see well boys that is an hour and 30 minutes of a conversation that some people will love and some people wish that they didn't tune in 90 minutes ago but you (laughs) did you did and that's your fault so you'll pay the consequence I think we're going to finish it off with a very very simple question now I know who's going to say what but I'm going to go to the neutral Ben it's all to play for Sunday. We're very lucky to be close to the game. We're very lucky to live
3: near the game. In your opinion, how do you see Sunday panning out?
2: Well, I think... Well, I'll I'll say my prediction first and then I'll, then I'll explain it. But I'll, I've gone for 2-1 to Liverpool after extra time. Mm. Um, I can see it being a really tense first half. But then, you know, from a neutral point of view, I'd love it to be a first half like the game at Stanford Bridge earlier this season when it was 2 2, but I can feel it being a really tense first half. But um yeah, I just think Liverpool is gonna have a little bit more. I've been saying to Archer all week that I, I do fancy Chelsea in a um in a one off final and just a one off game, I fancy Chelsea, but Liverpool are just gonna have too much quality for them. I think if Reese James and Chilwell were there, I think this would be a completely different conversation. But um I just fancy Liverpool so much. I think we've we hardly spoke about the fact of we're speaking at a lot um Alonso and Aspy are gonna have Salah and Diaz running at them. We haven't even spoke about how they're gonna have the two best fullbacks in the world running at them as well. So um yeah, I think Liverpool are gonna to have too much for them. So I'll go for two one Liverpool after extra time.
0: Archie
1: Look, Liverpool are gonna to be tough. It looks like uh,
6: a lot of their players are fit and oh. uh they're <laughs> ready to go. They've got a lot of
1: momentum behind them. Uh however <laughs> this will be Liverpool's sixth appearance at the new
6: Wembley. This will be Chelsea's twenty oh. seventh. So, that's oh, a guaranteed win for you then. No, yeah, oh, what I'm, what I was playing,
0: playing, play play Tottenham when they played at Wembley doesn't count. Just what know.
6: <laughs> I didn't, I didn't include that actually. But um, what, what I was alluding to is the fact that I feel like Chelsea will be so much more comfortable in the Wembley. Uh, you know, surroundings. Whereas Liverpool, this is sort of the new scenery for them. So, um based on that, I think it will be one nil. Maybe Kai Havertz or Pulisic to score one nil. So, what?
0: So, what? You're what? Well, so, what? You're we've, saying? We've, the we've had is one is you game don't think that the Team Liverpool. that have scored nine goals in the last two games <laughs> I was to say. will not score
5: will not score
0: against it. you on Sunday.
1: I are in the I conversation we've just had. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Well, Everyone's in touch with well, to their
0: can opinion. opinion.
1: Everyone we, is in... strong defensively. Okay. Everyone's in touch with okay. to
0: their opinion. Yeah. You know it's, I have no worries about
3: that.
6: It's, it's not a lie because the game hasn't happened. So there's no um, truth coming.
1: It's all we so. say. We'll see. 3-0. We'll see. Okay, we'll move. Charlie? No, we <laughs> No, no. I was gonna go. I was gonna go. Anyway, but, um, is Chelsea that just because well, I but said? But then you're not we'll just the and <laughs> so, uh, is,
5: Mane, and Jota will score. And Jota come off the bench, scores the third. I, I think. Nice. I have a feeling Chelsea might miss a penalty or something like that. Like a big moment and be missed by one team, whether it's penalty or free kick. It's-
1: They but, yes, junior, no, I, I, can, I can guarantee I can you my prediction that because it changed many, be many
5: times before. Time. it Actually, happen. I'll end up saying four one Chelsea on the day of the game, and no, and it yeah, I three nil. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah so I think I think I can see the game. I can see how the game I think the game will be similar to Anfield. I know um early on in the season they went down to ten men, but I still don't feel Chelsea's mentality is slightly negative. I think they'll play a five. I think they'll be tight from the from the start, but I feel like we'll have too much for them. I think I can see Chelsea scoring first because we sometimes are lethargic starters. I think I can see Chelsea scoring first, but I can only see a Liverpool dub. And I'm going to say oh, no, what about you? 2-1 what
3: about
0: you? to Let's Liverpool. Luis Diaz with both goals. Luis Diaz with both goals. Yeah. Well, to be, to be honest, mate, I, I've already seen the game ahead. Obviously, if you look at my Twitter. Um, <laughs> today, li- <laughs> Liverpool, Last tweet, by, Liverpool, by the way. Liverpool Twitter, won, thank you, mate. Liverpool have won 3-1 with a Salah brace. Um, yeah, it, it's written in the stars. I mean, it, even and if you look at my most recent... If you go on there and we'll see this later on, it even says congratulations, Liverpool, on all the bills. Uh, so, right. to... Yeah. What was yeah, yeah,
1: Salah's
4: no. record
0: in finals? No, no, no. Well, not... not... oh, it's
5: going to change. Hey, I thought we said we weren't were going to about happy,
4: Salah in finals, mate? Because he still scored. Uh,
5: he's got one. Although,
6: he's...
4: this is oh, oh, just... in, this seven, is just a hell of a six... conversation. What was Salah's record? Oh, don't forget, guys, we already know we're going to lose. <laughs> Chelsea played more times at Wembley.
0: Uh, yes. So I think it'll be three-one to us. I think we're going to play. I Chelsea will come out the blocks really quick. I just think they'll deflate slowly, and I feel like our attacking, our attacking side of our game oh, will on. will end up just ruining Chelsea at the back. But Conor, final, who scores
4: final, the third goal? Who scores the third? you've got to you've got a brace of- I, I, uh, I, 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 I know I
0: know I know I know Who scores to Chelsea as well
4: Well um go
0: at it Yeah I I go go at it no um fuck off For me oh, I keep that PG. It's got to be
5: I apologize but no
3: John Henson. <laughs>
1: for Chelsea
0: <laughs> Thank you guys this was PG until that exact moment this <laughs> I was going to finish it with that. This podcast does, contain, there's I do not does strong language and adult themes at the end. So if you did not like that, don't come back.
4: Also, guys, just to make it very clear, there will be Ben Holding merch coming out soon. I'm not sure when the <laughs> list of that will be, but if you, if you want his big head on your hoodie, fear not, because we've all just got ours. Bright, bright orange, bright yellow, bright pink with Ben Holding's face on. My arsenal back coming soon.
0: Guys, but honestly, this has been a pleasure, boys. Thank you so much. If you do want to keep updated with all of our podcasts and our website that is coming out this week, go and follow us on Twitter it is okay. underscore sports fathers and on Instagram it is the sports fathers, I believe. If we remember rightly, it's underscore the sport fathers, guys. Gents, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. We have been trying to do this for the longest time and we have finally finished or at least started and can't wait for weekly podcasts exactly guys please join us during the weekend we will be posting on Sunday at 6pm it will be a special with me and Ben talking about the new Formula 1 season and what we think is going to happen but for now we will be back next week all of us talking about the Carabao Cup final and Champions League second legs but yeah guys gents thank you very much Um, I really appreciate it Red Army Thank you, Parker. So, no yeah, well, and that's how we finish this podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. As <laughs> <laughs>
4: the guy's a cunt, the donkey. Okay, oh, that was really We're gonna we'll, we'll leave it there. <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs>
2: You're listening to the Sports Fathers podcast, Carabao Cup Special, on Spotify and Apple Music.